0: For as long as she can remember, Michelle Kale has always had a camera in hand. Michelle's business, Ginger House Photography, was born at a time when her life was becoming more and more enriched with moments and milestones that needed to be captured. When Michelle followed her passion and stepped into her business full-time, not everything went to plan. Booking slowed down and doubt crept in. But Michelle found a way to stay motivated through creativity and built an engaged audience which led to new bookings. Her business has now expanded from newborns and weddings to business, personal branding, and a variety of workshops. Michelle has also played a pivotal role in the success of Oak Magazine, having shot four front covers and numerous feature stories and advertorials. Michelle shares with us her startup story, collaborations, photography tips, and why it's important to speak positively about our bodies in front of our children. Meet my friend Michelle from Ginger House Photography. Welcome, Michelle, and thank you for being today's podcast guest. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually an extra level of excited today because it would be the first time in, say, eight to nine weeks that I've had someone over that's, you know, from outside my bubble and probably about the same time that, that we've seen each other too. So this is probably the longest that we've gone without seeing each other. I know. It
1: was very good to catch up with you
0: today. I even got out of active wear today and dressed up. So that was quite exciting. <laughs> I um, I clean the house. Isn't that what you do? You clean the house before someone comes over. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I wanted to invite you onto the podcast because you are a friend of mine and you have played such a big role in Oak Magazine. Whether you realise that or not, maybe I don't tell you enough, um, but I want to take it Back to the start. Well, most of our kids went to school together until I moved off of school. Sorry about that. But we used to, you know, meet up in the school car park uh, during pickup and just chat. I think we were always the last to leave. We'd just we just talk certain-
1: business, wouldn't we? <laughs> Certainly were. It's a little bit different these days when there's no one to chat to. I so, know yeah. it is
0: something that I really miss. I haven't. Um, I haven't found a replacement. So uh, me neither. <laughs> (laughs) uh but look I can still remember obviously launching Oak magazine it really happened quickly it was a um a six-week project and two of those weeks were printing so really a four-week project and um I can remember thinking I've got to shoot the front cover I had a camera I had it on auto I just thought that was enough and then I thought hang on photographers use flashes I need a flash. So I remember coming up to you in the car park and saying, do you have a flash that I could uh, lend? And you asked why? And I said, oh, you know, I have to um, take a front cover photo for a magazine. I sort of even, I don't think I'd even pass the magazine past you like no no. first I'd heard of it it (laughs) It had happened so quickly
1: so can you remember back to that moment yep I remember we're standing at the back of the cars for some reason and uh yeah and just as you were saying what you wanted to do and and I was explaining how the flash would work I was looking at your face and you were sort of starting to look a little like oh I'm not so sure about this so and I kind of went oh I wouldn't mind doing that myself so yeah put it out there ever so grateful that I did. So um, oh. it's been a wonderful journey. So
0: It has. Um, do you know what? I think on my phone I still have some behind the scenes. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, photos and boomerangs and all that from that actual photo shoot. Yeah. So that was the first time that we worked together professionally and we've gone on to then shoot four of the seven covers of Oak yep. together uh, and the only reason you didn't shoot the other three were they were sort of outside Bendigo as such and you've shot – for every issue. And I just get so many comments on the the photography. Mm. So that is what people come and say, oh, my God, beautiful images. And I just look back now and think, oh, my God. <laughs> like, can you imagine what Oak would have been without those glossy well-styled, well-lit photos of these amazing women. Um, Yeah, what they would have looked like if I (laughs) just point and shoot and hope the the flash was shooting off in the right direction. So I am forever grateful. And um, I've just, I've absolutely loved our business journey over the last, what would it be, like three and a half years almost? Yeah, I'd say
1: so. Yeah. Yeah, Has it been that long? Yeah, three to four.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I think we've both grown, Through our skill set and we have gone on to collaborate on so many projects that that's why i wanted to bring you on as well so that we can talk about how we've worked together and maybe that might help other people you know find a friend in business yeah that's a great idea so um what drew you to photography why did you pick up a camera
1: um i pretty much always had a camera in my hand from young teenage years i um i picked it as one of my electives at high school and um, had a really supportive teacher. But I had two grandparents on either side that had um, an interest in photography and cameras. So my grandfather was a bird photographer. So we used to watch slides of his his birds and their, their trips away and, and stuff like that. And um, my grandma used to have a Camera that was my uncle's, but he never used it. So, um, and they lived around the corner, so I would always be borrowing it um, at Christmas time and stuff, and would be taking photos of um, family and um, just things that were happening at the time. So, um, but um, I think through my year eleven and twelve assignments at school. Um, with photography, my teacher was like, you really just like to get in down there, don't you? And getting close to the photos and you like you get the light and all those sorts of things. And she was so encouraging. So I think um, it just evolved from there. But for me, I've always loved art and I do love to draw and I do love to paint, but photography was an instant Um, thing that occurred like you would take the photograph and um, you'd have to process it admittedly but um half the work was done for you so for me I I really enjoyed that instant um snap it was captured and um and that it, it was there for you so yeah Oh, yep.
0: beautiful. Now you mentioned birds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we've gone on so many trips together <laughs> and I'll have to tell our listeners. So we were together in Mildura walking down the street. Um, actually, we were trying to walk off the amount of alcohol. <laughs>
1: oh, it wasn't that much alcohol. It was just a really hot oh day. Oh my gosh. It
0: was like a 40 degree day. We'd been shooting all day, uh, went and had tea, had a few dr- Well, the lady just kept filling it up and just it wasn't until we stood up and we're like wow we can't drive no so you know here we are in Mildura just walking the streets walking off that alcohol and I'm walking along and you know talking away look to the side no Michelle and there she is behind me picking up a bird feather and this is not the first time that you've stopped um to pick up bird feathers but uh what is it about bird feathers that you absolutely love wow I, I think I think it's
1: my grandfather but I have always collected feathers um, I collect sticks and, and stones and lots of other little things that take my interest um, you know flowers and and whatever I don't often go for a walk without coming home with something in in my hand um, the house is decorated I have bowls with things in them and stuff but um, ever since my grandfather passed away if I see a feather now it, it, it's it, it's him he's oh. with me so um, it's quite symbolic at the moment but um I don't know what it ever was about a feather. They're just—they're just so beautiful and and carefree and light, and they make you smile when you see them. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Just little um, memories littered all yeah, over I, your house, really. Yeah,
1: it is. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Really is. I still have that feather too, Kimberly. Oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and look, um, oh, even our um, road trips together. I am a very much. I need to get to point oh. A and B. And you, Michelle, uh, well, look, there's a beautiful tree. We'll stop and take a photo. And what is, should be a five-hour trip from Bendigo to Mildura <laughs> turns out to be ours.
1: <laughs> I've learnt just to sit in the car and admire.
0: <laughs> I'll get that another day. Oh, we're all so different, aren't we? Uh, yep. So what gave you the confidence then to leap into photography full-time? Yeah,
1: well... Um, just jumping a little back to high school, have always done it. So even when I went off and studied and worked in other areas, I was still running off and doing some weddings on some weekends, still photographing always when we went on holidays, photographing. Just That's just what I did. But um, uh, for most of my kids' um, younger years, I did work for someone else for six years on a part-time basis and still managed to photograph and work during that time. But it was sort of more just – Um, a little bit of money, a little bit of an interest and stuff like that. But um, I got to the point in my job that I just was at my job and I was thinking about my business and just wanted to be home in my business taking photos. Um, My work was increasing that I didn't have enough time to edit I was finding it really difficult to to get my work done, and jobs were getting drawn out for a long period of time. So, um, yeah, I just found that my mind was shifting from um, I don't want to to be in this in this job that's a regular wage. Um, I can walk in and clock off, and um, my mind was free at the end of the day, which was one of the reasons I enjoyed it. To wanting to to move my business to the next level, so I took the leap um, and it wasn't all easy at the start. I actually resigned from my job and all of a sudden things just went quiet and I didn't have any work coming in. So I did think for quite a while, what the hell have I done? Um, but you know, it wasn't long before things, um, turned around and, and and looking back on it, I, I resigned from my job in the middle of winter. It wasn't portrait season. So, um, not a great idea, but you know, I walked in one day and said, that's it, that's, I'm going, I'm, I'm giving notice today and, and off I went. So, um, during that time, I just did a lot of, lots of little things to keep myself motivated. I, I shot for myself. Um, I did little Monday mood lifters to keep myself motivated and keep my feed going. And, um, eventually the work just kept coming back in and, and it's increased that much now that I can be at home full-time doing it.
0: Oh, wow. Um, it, it must have been hard at that time when no work's coming in. I mean, there must have been some doubt that sort of starts to creep in, as as you oh. mentioned. So, I mean, there's a bit of resilience in you then, Michelle, to to say no, this is going to work. Yeah, <laughs> and that self motivation to
1: to keep going. Yeah, I can be very um, determined and stubborn when it's something that I'm really quite passionate about. And for me, it's not just. Um, it's not just taking photos. I actually feel the whole thing, and when I feel something, then it's it's just the right way to go, to go with that. Um, and so, it, and even now, sometimes when things are difficult, you kind of go, "Well, what else would I do?" I don't feel that my heart is is in anywhere else, so I keep coming back to being creative and um, and doing photography, and and I really do enjoy it. And I'm I'm working with a lot more people now that. Um, coincide with the, that side of me. So it's really enjoyable. But you just you just have to um just set your mind straight that this is this is what I want to do and just keep going at it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um and you sort of mentioned just then about uh being more in line with those that you're working with. So sort of on the same energy level or the same interests. Yeah. Uh and I suppose that's at a point like in the beginning, we probably do say yes to to any job that mm. comes in. Yeah. And as creators I've sort of mentioned on other podcasts, you need to You do need to feel it sometimes, Mm. you know, a connection. Uh, But obviously that eventually happened to you and you found that, that really nice sweet spot now. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. But yeah, I do, and even on a shoot, most most people will know that they may have thought the session was over, but I, I just have to have that shot where I go, ah, that that's it, that's that's the moment. Like that that's the way I work. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it would be an injustice to someone if you don't get that for them. Yeah. So, yeah. And
0: that is something that I absolutely love about working with you. Uh, whether it's um, in a collaborative effort, so we're shooting someone else. Or whether it's um, you shooting me, <laughs> uh, which doesn't happen too often. I think we we're just talking that I've got yeah. a 2017 um, headshot, which yes. I'm wrapped with. I'm happy to look <laughs> 2017 Kimberly instead of 2020 Kimberly. Um, but it's you just take so much time in, in posing and, and angles and, and making us feel comfortable and look great at the end of the day. That's what I really appreciate and I know that your clients would as
1: well. Oh, thank you. It's it's really tricky because um, a lot of people, when they talk to you about what they want, they just want to look natural. They just want natural shots. They don't want those boring business head shots where it's all you know stiff and stuff like that. But there's also the fine line that you really need to take care of how somebody looks mm. and, and bring the best out in a person. And um, I spend a lot of time working with people too that you can get a connection all the way through their body and then eyes like you can have someone smile but if their eyes aren't smiling then I feel like that photo is not connecting with their audience so yeah. I, wo- I work really hard at that
0: yep so if you have someone that isn't sort of smiling with their eyes what do you do to relax them
1: well usually I'm the I'm the bunt of the joke so I usually turn it around on myself um, and I just chat I'm a, I'm a big talker I'm um, I've worked with a friend before that uh, she made comment at the end of the wedding geez you talk a lot don't you <laughs> But I find that conversation will make people relax, and it takes the attention off them. So, yeah. um, and you just you just have to find something that ignites them, and that's what the conversation is about. And and I'm watching those people while I'm doing it, and I can see what makes their eyes sparkle, um, you know, what gains their interest, and and even sometimes we just we just have to joke and have a good old laugh to. To get that. And I even say to someone, I will show them the back of the camera and I say, look, this is a beautiful smile, but this is what we're looking for, where your eyes are glistening and lighting up and it and, and you're, you know, you're relating to the audience that are going to be looking at those photos. So yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. How often do you have someone come to you and say, Oh my gosh, like don't get my five chins or don't shoot my arms. They're, you know, they're just not a they're not the best side of me. Do you know what I mean? Like All the time, all the time. That generally the first conversation
1: that I have with um, people Um, especially in a setting where I'm meeting them quite spontaneously. So say if I'm covering guests at a wedding or something like that, the the first thing they say is, are you good at Photoshop or don't get me like that? Or I hate my chin. I hate my nose. I hate, yeah, I hate having photos taken. I hate my teeth. You know, it's so sad to hear everyone um, greet you with such negative, horrible thoughts about themselves. So um, that's why I I work really hard to show them a picture that they will love. And, Mm. you know, you don't have to point things out to anyone um, you just work it around and you just and just keep things moving until you get what you want. And when you've got that photo, you turn it around and show them and then it installs that confidence that they look good. So, yeah,
0: and I have seen people light up when they've seen a photo that you've taken, um, whether that's in the mag or on the back of the camera, and they're like, oh, wow. You know, it's just yeah. that sudden realisation that, yeah, those three chins actually aren't there. Look, yeah. look how beautiful you are, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just I yeah. wish we um, – yeah, we do need to work more in our self-confidence and, and we've both got daughters. Mm. Uh, you've got three daughters and I have two and I suppose that's something that we both need to probably work on ourselves to instill in them, don't we?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The way, the way you talk about yourself and uh, your appearances are um, genetic to your children as well. So if you start talking about how much you hate your nose and your children have noses like that as well, then they start to hate their noses and your children are beautiful. Mm, So we shouldn't be installing any of those thoughts in our children because of our own hang ups. So it's very important to think about the way you speak about yourself because your children often do look like you too. So just just be careful about that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I hadn't thought of it that way, Michelle. So yeah, I will definitely make um, more of an effort to yeah, to hmm. talk positively yeah, be, about myself. Be around kind, the, be, kind to to, yeah. be kind to yourself. Be kind to ourselves first. Yeah. I know that be kind is just a huge movement in itself, but do you know what? Be kind to yourself first. Yeah, I think when definitely. you do that, it, it radiates out into everything else you do. Uh, now, we've talked about a few sort of hurdles you've had in, in business. So I think a big problem also, not only with photographers, but say uh, small business owners is pricing. Yes. Would you say that's been one of the, the hardest things for you to nail in your yeah. business,
1: it, pr- pricing pricing yourself is really really difficult. Yeah, it's just something I always struggle with. I think it's something that actually holds me back from changing my pricing at times as well. Um, and undervaluing yourself is a is a big hurdle too. Um, I'm on the top of my list of spending money. Um, to improve my business would be one in in, um, perhaps finding someone that can help um, work on that area more. Yeah. Yeah. I've always find it very hard to set pricing and still Mm. to this day, even been in the business for a long time. So, yeah yeah
0: yeah I'd agree that's one of the things that I struggled with in my other business uh was yeah pricing myself right uh and it's not that we don't value what we do is it
1: no no, no it's that it, and sometimes you don't know where to start with something and after a while you still you like you know you might set a price on some um, personal branding photo or something like that but after a while after doing a couple of sessions you'll say oh the value for that needs to change because yeah and and th- that's how I'm finding things work now it's by setting a price and and running with it for a little while and then you can see after a while that 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 needs to change yeah
0: because yeah, there's a lot reasons. of time as a photographer that you spend so it's not just on the the shoot mm. so it's not just the time that you and I might have together on that actual photo shoot there's some time beforehand you yeah. might go and scope out a location yep uh, for us and get the lighting right there might be some more um conversations around what we're wearing yep. uh, yeah what the story is that we're trying to tell and then there's the editing
1: yeah the editing <laughs> <laughs> the editing, there's a love-hate relationship with the editing. Sometimes it's nice on a cold winter day to be, you know, snuggled up in your office with some music going and your, your hot cuppa and stuff like that and it's really nice. And then other days when things just aren't working the way you think they, they should be, it can be really quite um, destructive because you just lose your, your train of thought and your, your process and the flow and then, you know, you just start to feel not so great about the session. But, um, you know, I think the best thing to do then is just take a break and come back to it with some fresh eyes but um yeah I spend a lot of time sitting at the computer editing oh, so we yeah
0: spend far too much time sitting full stop I think um, as um just as a generation yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I was just I suppose the point I was getting there's just so much more than click and shoot like to yeah. turn up to a location and just shoot it and um I know that you've worked hard with me to understand that more yeah in that you know we don't just go to a shoot and I just say I'll oh, just just yeah, take them yeah. here. And yeah, like, exactly.
1: Just photograph. <laughs> it's, it's it's you
0: like to like, know the story. Yeah, I do. I like to
1: know the story. And a lot of people go I, I want I want that building in the shot because that that's pivotal for the story and so forth. But when we arrive the lighting's not right for that shot, so you have to think of something else and um, the lighting's very important. It it's the it's the key thing. So in in the photographs and there's a lot to consider in um and also in different things with um, doing a lot of photos for people's websites now is there's a lot of consideration go into how those photos are shot. You know, if they're going to be a header photo, you need to have room around the shots. So a lot of time goes into a lot of pre-planning now and asking lots of the right questions yeah. to get it right for the client.
0: 100 percent uh now highs what mm. have you loved about being a photographer and business owner
1: yes um the highs are that uh I get to work for myself and manage my time and so things like that but I've also have just met some most amazing people by photographing them and working for people um as well I do I love meeting people I really enjoy hearing their stories um when I work with you um we, I get to listen to the stories um, while you're interviewing, so um, I then help put that together with the photos. So because I've heard the story, um, and I really, really enjoy that. I just um, it takes the storytelling of the photo further. I think so, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and we have sat in on interviews together, so mm. generally we'll go together on a shoot. Um, I'll do the interview first. We found that works best to warm up. Yeah, they that relax. Person. Yeah. yeah, they relax. They feel comfortable. But what I've noticed as well is that you ask different questions to what I do and I just feel that we just get a little bit more of a rounded story. So you, (laughs) I love it when you come (laughs) because there's been some days that I have not been on my game. I've got other things going on um, and I think we've got to a stage where you know that and you pick up and off you go and I'm like, oh, thank God, Michelle.
1: I could help out. (laughs) Oh, it's
0: um, yeah, I'm very appreciative of that. Definitely. Now we're talking about light, uh, and we've actually collaborated together a lot, and not just on Oak. It started with that front cover photo, but then it's gone into, um, you know, collaborations like workshops. Yes. So I've got the social media uh, business in Right Style Communications. You've got your photography. We brought those two together and developed a flat lay workshop with a social media component. Uh, We've then gone and done workshops for uh, government organisations and rolled it out there. But with those flat lay ones, and you're talking about lighting, like I've learned so much about lighting and then how to, to pick the right light yeah. and how important it is to have natural light coming in than your overhead. So, I mean, it's hard on a, a podcast, but is there a couple of tips that we could give our listeners, do you think, on on lighting? Like what would make a good photo if they're yeah. just doing it at
1: home? Yeah, yeah, um, for, for a flat lay or even a, a still life um, photo, um. The best kind of lighting that you should look for is is, um, nice, warm lighting. So um, if you're in a house that's sort of north or east facing, the light will be warmer coming through your windows there than a south window. Um, So you would want to look for that kind of light, but you would also not want to be in the full bright light. You need to move into the ambient. Light, so um, that that's that's the best light to look for. You can do, um, you can put filters over things and do hundreds loads of editing on a photo afterwards. But if you can put it in the right light to start with, and try and get it through um, correct through your phone or your camera the first time, um, you'll have less editing that you have to do. And th- that's the way I work with my camera anyway. I like to get things as close to how I want it through camera, so that when you show your client there. Um, you're on. You're on a job. You can turn the camera around. They can see exactly what they're envisioning there, rather than me trying to convince them that this is going to work when I've done all my massive amount of editing afterwards. Mm. So yeah. So that that would be warm lights, great lights, especially if you're using whites that yeah, has yep. that nice warmth to it rather than a cold, unapproachable feeling. And yeah. switch those overheads off. Definitely, because they create shadows and they create a wrong colour cast on yeah. your on your pictures too. And a
0: great app that we've both found mm. for our phones. Uh, now, Michelle, you are an Android. I am an Android <laughs> and proud to be. <laughs> and I'm, I'm an Apple. Uh, and I think this works great for our workshops because we both have yeah. um, a different skill sets because those phones are so different to use. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yours is just all backwards to me.
1: <laughs> I love mine. Oh.
0: And uh, I was just thinking, like one of the apps that's really that we both use is Snapseed. Yeah, yeah. It's a free app. So download Snapseed and just using a couple of the features on mm, there. I yep. think it's the the contrast. The curves yep, the curves. And the dropper tool. Yep. Generally. I yep, think it's got for the
1: plus the, minus on it. Yep, that's for your um your temperature, your colour yeah, balance. I mean, yeah. just
0: even those two little I suppose, applications within that app Mm. just make a huge difference. So that's one that I really love to use that I've found. And also one thing that I've picked up from working with you on the flat lay is just heading to Kmart uh, and buying those a Three Yes, foam boards, yeah, the foam white, boards. white
1: foam boards or black foam boards. So white foam boards will reflect light. So um, if you find you've got some deep shadows that you don't like, you can just make a V with two foam boards put together and you can bounce some light back into your image. Or if you like things to be a little bit more moodier and, and shadowier, you can use two black V um, foam boards. Taped together to make a V, um, they stand up by themselves and they can absorb the the light. So yeah. yeah,
0: and what I love is that we both have strengths that we can bring to those workshops
1: you had the platform to run a workshop you you could put it online you could uh, people could pay through your system i i had none of that like if i wanted to run a workshop i could almost probably print off a dl flyer and pop it in your mailbox on that so old school um so kimberly brought the tech side to it all um which was amazing and i just i just brought the visuals i, I brought the the creative side in, in into it yeah. yeah and we do work really well together we complement each other so you you have that side you've got the words um, you and know, you have
0: the images. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and you know how socials go together and I know how pictures go together and, yeah. and it all worked together. And to finish off our workshops with the Instagram side of um, things that the people could work on the pictures that they'd taken that day and post something with amazing um, advice on how to use their Instagram was just the perfect way to, to complement yeah. the workshop. Yeah. yeah.
0: We need to do it again.
1: We so do. We, we do. so do. It's been
0: years. Yes. Like I can actually say it's been years since we did yeah. our flat lay workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Since- Insane, and I suppose it's just the fact that we've got to meet so many people. You know, mm. not just here locally in Bendigo, but we've travelled uh, Swan Hill, Mildura, yeah, so that yep, Sunraysia yep, region, down Kyneton and Castlemaine, and I've yeah, loved it. Yeah, it's and been. I think that's what I'm missing at the moment. Obviously, oaks on pause at the moment till everyone gets back in uh, to being able to drive around, and I just can't wait to kick off a road trip yeah, with you. Me and, too. Yeah, might
1: make you stop a couple of times this time oh. though. <laughs>
0: You won't regret it, I promise. No, I won't. I know. I think that's what uh, maybe the isolation's taught me just to stop, slow yes. down, breathe in the air, and just take in the moment. So, yeah. making memories. You obviously helped me out with the print ads. Yep. And one that we worked on together was Cloak Boutique. Yes. It's a clothing yeah. store. Yeah, in Bendigo, we worked on their ad together and it was on International Women's Day. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh. yeah. so oh, two years ago, yeah. International Women's Day two years ago, you shot the photos for the ad and tell me, how has that then developed into another relationship for you? Well,
1: that relationship with the girls has turned into an amazing, um, we, are, we are just about next time we shoot will be 40 sessions wow. that I have shot with Cloak, with Larissa and Sarah. So um, absolutely love it. I love working with the models, Haley and Jacinta. Um, Larissa gets behind the camera at times as well. And it's just a, a beautiful relationship. We're just very comfortable with each other now. It's a fortnightly basis. And I come, we chat, have a laugh, take photos and, and, yeah. it, and it's awesome. So. And those
0: photos have made a, such a big difference to their business mm, yeah. uh, in that, you know, they're now showcasing their clothes. So they are their cloak. Mm. So when you see that photo, you know, it's from cloak rather than um i suppose the stock photo yeah yeah, Yeah. that all the stockists have access to so you know and maybe if you're a clothing or a retail brand listening to our podcast please invest in you know a photo shoot whether it's once a week you know once a month or seasonally it will make such a difference to yeah Your business, definitely, definitely. Where do they use those photos? Yeah,
1: the the photos go on the website. So um, we shoot a series of photos so that shows off the garment completely, and that goes on the website. And then we do some fun, fun feature little shots that usually end up on Instagram to entice people in. So yeah, yeah, they use them for their um, marketing material, um, little brochures, pamphlets, um, advertising in the Oak magazine. Yeah, all that sorts of stuff. They have they get quite a bit of use out of their images. And that's a thing. Then
0: that's what you want as well. Yeah, you want to be able to use it. So. Um and speaking I suppose back to that whole getting headshots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you reminding me before we kick this off that I needed a new one. Look, if there's something that I love, it's when um you know, I get in touch with someone and say, "Look, could you send me a headshot?" and they're like, "Yep, great. And in comes this professional headshot and not one where they've been cut out of a wedding photo. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: Or some some relative's taken a quick snap of you on your phone or something and yeah.
0: Leading on from that point, why are professional images important for your business? Um, I, I,
1: I strongly believe that I think that if you take your business seriously, that you should c- follow through with all the means that you can to get yourself out there on that on that professional level. So whether that, that that's with your photos, with how you market yourself um, on your social media, all those things that should just be really, really professional. Um, um, I believe that having good um, photos on your site represents your brand really well. Um, and it's just a great way to value yourself and your business um, and your services. And therefore, I think it shows a lot of respect to your client and your customers that you value them as highly as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And look, we do argue about this next point a little bit. Uh. But because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm words, your pictures. Yes, uh, yes, yes. But look, an image will stop people in their scroll. I, I believe
1: so. I, I, I do believe. But um, I, I strongly, I read a magazine for its pictures, yeah. I scroll Insta. And all the other social medias for for an image, it will stop me, um, and then I will read the content. So exactly.
0: So this is where the words come in. Yeah, <laughs>
1: they are equally <laughs> as important, but you've got to get to the stop point first. Yeah,
0: exactly. You need that photo to stop them, and then the words to hold them. Yes, and to yeah. drive action. Yeah. So. I don't think you can have one without the other. No, Maybe I, that's why we work.
1: Yeah, I, I strongly agree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah That's how we complement each other very well. Exactly,
0: because I cannot take photos for the life of me. and uh, yeah, You
1: can. I have seen uh, some stuff
0: that you've done. You can. The you just tips. got to back yourself. Yeah. All the tips I get from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before I let you go, Michelle, can you tell me about a friend of yours? Okay, yes.
1: Well, I'd love to tell you about my friend Christiana from Mimosa Botanicals in um, in Castlemaine. Um, she's just the most warm, kind and generous generous person and her business is just just completely who she is as a person. There's no I'm this here and I'm that there or anything. She just is completely um, who, who she represents. Yeah. Yeah. And her stuff is gorgeous. And she puts so much attention and care and thought in into everything that she does, so yeah. she's a
0: beautiful supporter of Oak. And um, look, if anyone does want to find out more about Christiana uh, Michelle, obviously you have a photo shoot on your website. Yeah, I've got a feature story on the Oak magazine one, or you could find her on social media at Mimosa Botanicals. So thank you again, Michelle, for being a guest on my podcast. Uh, I know I said it at the top, but you are really a huge part of the success of Oak. Um, I honestly couldn't do it without you. Uh, I love working with you. I cherish our friendship, which is also, you know, outside of the business as well. So thank you again. And um, yeah, let's get back to working on your website. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kimberly. Bye. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win, you can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at oakmagazineau. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine.